two years of Downtime Podcast. This is the 90th episode. And yeah, we made it. We made it to 90 and we made it to exactly two years, which is kind of crazy because I wasn't really sure how long this was going to last anyways, but... How are you, Jeremy? What do you think about this? I'm doing well, Lisa. And I still also can't believe that it's been two years. Uh, we're still friends. We're still making this podcast. And we're just keeping the train going. I, I really am thankful for everyone that's been listening to the podcast. Um, family members, friends, strangers always leave comments, always say stuff and like they don't always like leave written comments down but it's always nice when they say that they've listened to an episode or they've they've heard about us you know in some small capacity but uh yeah no i i too can't believe that we've been going for this long and we're still having fun we're still doing it i mean it's still a consistent thing elisa and i always try to put an episode out every week we always try to make time to record every week and sometimes things get in the way and we can't record but at the end of the day we are passionate about having this conversation about video games because they're a huge part of our life. They've always been a huge part of our lives. And it's really fun to kind of express that to other people. And so, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening to our podcast for the past two years. If you've been here from the beginning, thanks for staying with us through this long journey. And if you are a recent listener, thanks for hopping on the train. Definitely. And for older listeners, thank you for sticking with us. Whether or not you post or not, we appreciate all of you. And thank you to people who have helped out with the podcast. So people who have featured on the podcast for the last two years, whether we had a special guest or we did something different and we interviewed someone or uh, one of us was not on an episode. So we had to get someone else. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to all our special guests, others and others. You guys are awesome. So, yeah, I mean, more to come in the rest of 2019. And that's, you know, without saying too much, because like it's it's going to be a great year overall. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a very good year. Now, we have something special for this two year anniversary episode. And the special thing is... We're not going to do anything special because we <laughs> didn't plan ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. If you guys remember last year, we did a kind of gift exchange since February is the anniversary of the podcast, but also both of our birthday months. We're actually born three days apart in the same year, which was crazy when we found out about it when we first met. Um, Aquarius we season. Yeah, we're Aqu both Aquarius. <laughs> And um, we bought each other video games and we kind of made this this plan, this pact to talk about them over time. And um, yeah, no, last year we did something really cool and special. But this year we actually didn't plan anything, as Elisa just mentioned, because we were both busy with our personal lives. Yeah, the, uh, the past two weeks in our work lives have been really crazy. So we haven't really done a lot in terms of prepping for the podcast, but we see a lot of the ideas and we see a lot of um, people's questions and stuff. So we're going to do them for future episodes and we're going to incorporate them as always. We're just not going to do it specifically for today. 
Yeah. Um, so you'll get it in small increments over time. Sorry if anyone was looking forward to something big in this episode, but right now, yeah, we really don't have anything crazy going on since, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, busy, busy, just busy life. Yep. Busy life in, in general. Exactly. But we're here and we're here for just your regularly scheduled video game episode. Yep. And we just want to thank everyone for the two years, past two years of listening to us. So yes. yeah, thanks again. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You've been traveling. You've been working late, you know, so it just makes sense. That's kind of hard for us to plan things. Yeah. It's been uh, specifically these two weeks have been rough because in my work, the fiscal. So a few things, the fiscal year is about to end and we have to make a report to beg for money for the next year for the next fiscal year so we're yeah so of course we're prepping for that and then also uh we have one of our phases ending at the end of february and we have to just finish that because um i can't really say it still but basically it's now a project that i'm working on got accelerated because something got announced um to the public gotcha. recently gotcha so gotcha, gotcha. now it's like oh crap okay well now we got to be on our feet and we really got to finish this and we got to make sure everything's good until it hopefully comes out in two years okay yeah. okay so really cool yeah and then you jeremy a few mm-hmm. life changes as well yeah, I am switching careers. Technically, I just got a new job, but definitely a different career. Um, yeah, I'll be working for uh, a company that will actually allow me to hopefully travel to Japan part-time Hey-o. for some work. So that's kind of cool. And yeah, this week has been crazy, not just because of all the financial stuff that's been going on within my own current company, but also I I turned in, I put my two weeks notice in and I am switching to a new company. So yeah, hopefully this new company will give me more time to kind of um, work more on the podcast since what's one of my goals for 2019 was to kind of think of new ways to just like make the podcast um, accessible. Not what, not that it already is, but like, you know, just to make it friendlier and more fun and just like to get more people to join our Discord and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm hoping that this new career path will give me more time to do other things that I love. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And... After you leave this job, then we're both officially out of the company where the two of us met for the first time. That's correct. Yeah. So all those years ago, when we when we first met, we made a podcast and it was in a conference room that people walked in on very frequently. <laughs> but those mics were great, so, though. So I'll give you that. Yeah. Yep. I still got those mics. They're so, very good mics. I mean, yeah. They're meant for film production, but I actually have better mics for film production now and now they're just podcast mics and so anytime that lisa and i come together in person we always use the setup that we originally used when uh we were first starting out so that's kind of a neat little fact yes so as we come to two years we're officially moved on about to be moved on from the state we were when we first met at our previous work moving on to the next chapter and yeah Hopefully, one more year of epic stuff on Downtime Podcast. Yeah. 
And um, I must say this as a word of warning and word of caution. Please don't listen to the first few episodes. They're they're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna call it out right now. So Rokuru Rangetsu posted a suggestion. <laughs> I was gonna say this too. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll do it. Doesn't mean I wanna do it, but we'll do it. But he, yeah. his original suggestion was to live review the first 10 minutes of episode one. So our very first episode, which we'll do. But, oh, my God, I hate that episode so much. So <laughs> it's just really cringy. Um, yeah, like live stuff is something that we're also looking into for the podcast, like, you know, live streaming games. Uh, we both have capture cards and we're both really familiar with like recording games on our own personal channels. But um, doing some live stuff might be interesting. So either it might be something that we both do on Twitch, um, which you guys can watch in real time. If you anyone's interested, just let us know. Or we might just uh, do a recorded version where we're both listening to it and you can you guys can just follow along or something. But yep. we'll figure it out. But anyways, Roko yeah. Rurangatsu, uh, we like your suggestion and we also hate your suggestion. And uh, we're going to do it. But we just, just don't want to do it <laughs> overall. But we'll do it. We'll um, do it. We we both agree that we have to be a bit intoxicated in order to do it. This but, is a uh, this is honestly a really good idea. If I was a listener, so <laughs> is how <laughs> yeah, I, like... is how I like to describe it. This is actually this is a very creative idea. Agreed. But this is it's my podcast, equivalent... so I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not about that life right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if if you know, this is like the equivalent of a YouTuber watching, you know, like l- watching their old videos and commenting on them. And for us, like, you know, when we see that, we're like, oh, that's pretty funny. And since we're going to be put in that position, we're like, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I cringe thinking about doing it, but I'm like, Elisa and I both agree that we will do it. So yeah. there you go. There you go, Roko Rurangetsu. You got your answer. Yep. And I hope, I hope, I hope you're happy. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> For real though. I don't mean that in a mean way. Oh, I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just saying like, damn, that's such a good idea. Like you just said, Aliza, and I I think that's so creative and inventive. But uh, I just I'm just not about doing that. <laughs> I'm not about this life, but I will be about this life. <laughs> it's too late now. Yeah, I can't turn back. I'm two years <laughs> older. <laughs> we'll mix it up at least for this episode. We'll start off with video game news instead of games we're playing, just to yeah. change things up. So. I think as of, I think two or three hours ago, the Steam Awards just got announced for 2018. And for listeners who don't really know what the Steam Awards are, they're just straight up six to eight awards that Steam users can vote on. It's completely voted. And yeah, you just vote on your favorite games of whatever category. But the the thing is that Steam is a distribution platform so the game for that would win for 2018, for example, doesn't necessarily have to come out in 2018. So that's what makes things interesting. It's just like what is like continuously being bought really is what this award is all about. Yeah. And I, I when I saw this drop, I was actually kind of surprised because I, 
I followed it last year, but I really didn't think much about it until like I realized like oh, when they release when they release the 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 award winners, they don't have a live stream doing it. They literally just have a page store.steampower.com slash steam awards you could go there right now and just boom it's in it's your uploaded. face these are all the winners yep these are all the winners <laughs> there's literally uh eight eight winners and that's it like if you scroll down like just a little bit you'll see all the winners and you don't have to look any further than that all the information is right there and i think that's really just handy there's also a 17 minute video you can watch that's next to the title which i mean you really don't need to watch it you can just scroll down and read it it's no but, bullshit. Um, yeah, no, I actually like about it. It's like, you know what? We don't need a video game awards show for this, like with like previews and commercials and stuff, which I think, you know, the game awards does well. I'm not trying to diss on Jeff Keighley and the game awards because I think the game awards and Jeff Keighley are really cool. But, you know, and, you know, it kind of gives recognition and, and like clout to the whole game industry. Like, oh, we are, we're a big entity now. You know, like esports isn't just a kid's thing. It's an actual multi-million dollar industry. Yeah. When, but, but when Steam drops something like this, it's like, oh, this is the other side of the coin where it's like, Here's the there was an awards you know there was an awards uh, uh, voting session happening last year or earlier this year and these these are the results and that's it okay thanks for your time yep see you next year yep exactly <laughs> and we're just gonna read these out these are not surprising in fact I, a lot of these people and games have won last year so don't be surprised uh, yeah um yeah how about this you read one I'll read one all right sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. All right, so uh, game of the year is PUBG. Yep, I, I'm i still surprised by that. I'm surprised a lot of people are buying that game still. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I got, I got I, nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I, the only thing I have to say is, you know, Battle Royale definitely still is the strongest genre out there. So, of course, it makes sense if people are playing... Um, Fortnite and PUBG, since they're both very different games at their cores, but they do fall under the, under the same genre. So, you know, one of, of course has the building aspect, uh, but the other one has the more realistic vehicles and guns aspect. So there's different flavors you could choose from, and I think that's really good for the industry, but also, like, of course, you're not going to see Fortnite up as number one since it's not really a Steam game, of course, yeah. and... Uh, how many millions of people bought this game? This version of PUBG is just astounding to me still. That in 2018 it was it was still huge. I mean, of course you're looking at a year. So in the beginning of 2018, towards the middle of 2018 is when PUBG I think shined the most. Definitely, I am a bit surprised looking at this. That monster. I don't know the percentage, by the way. I don't know what was decided. I'm just a little bit surprised Monster Hunter World didn't win. I don't know if Monster Hunter World was more popular on PlayStation versus PC, but I do know that a lot of things came out on the PC. But yeah, anyways, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so moving on to the next category, VR Game of the Year. The winner is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR. Now, the only thing I have to say about this is I kind of knew this would be the winner since VR games are kind of far and few now i mean good ones at least there's you're gonna have a lot of vr games on steam but when i think of the biggest vr games at least the games with vr functionality i think of resident evil 7 i think of la noir and also uh doom 
is doom doom has vr right i think so yeah doom and so when you think about all these different games of course none of them are as open as skyrim in terms so, of, of course, AAA, at least no absolutely absolutely everything else is that i named is pretty linear so yeah um skyrim at least is a game where you can be whoever you want be whatever you want do whatever you want and i think that's kind of perfect for a vr setting the most surprising thing to me out of all of this is y'all still wanted to get this on VR when you probably already have it on PC or PlayStation. <laughs> Back from like 2012. Yeah, so, <laughs> but props to you. Yeah, I mean, definitely Skyrim is Bethesda's like flagship title, I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's come out on, it's basically Bethesda's Resident Evil 4. It's come out on every next generation console since it first debuted on like the PS3, I forget what it was on first, but yeah, it's it's basically their Resident Evil Four, and so we're gonna see it on everything. As as was made fun of at the Game Awards when they was it the Game Awards, I forget. It was the Game Awards where they had the uh, E3 Michael Keegan Key with E3 press oh, E3 E3 press. There we go. Yeah, it was uh, Michael Keegan Keegan Key with the uh, refrigerator and Samsung yeah, refrigerator so. Skyrim. Yeah, that was hilarious. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by this, to be honest. Nope, me neither. Then again, I didn't know it was on VR at the time, but... Right. Go Skyrim! Yeah. Labor of Love Award, which means a game that's come out a while ago that's still being updated, uh, Grand Theft Auto V, which is not surprising. I, I do see Stardew Valley on this, and I have thoughts on Stardew Valley because I played it for the first time but I'll um I'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. But yeah, it's just yeah. this is not surprising at all. But I will say props to No Man's Sky for being a nominee because that I that I, that game's immensely improved since the first time. So and that's a that's something to say to the developers, Hello Games. So props to you. Yeah, I uh, I have no no comment yep. since you know all you parents buying your kids shark cards. Stop it. Just <laughs> stop. I mean, yeah, we got Red Dead Redemption because of this, but stop. No. Even though Red Dead Redemption 2 Red Dead Redemption 2's online came out, like you still don't have motorcycles and and guns like 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 rocket launchers Bombs. and shit. So yeah, so I mean, obviously Grand Theft Auto 5 is still going to be played yeah. in the near future until Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out with better online capabilities. Pretty but much. You know what? Yeah. I'm just I'm not surprised either. Yeah. Um Best developer, CD Projekt Red, which, you know, I I kind of expected that. I mean, there's a lot of, there's other little developers or you know, two, like, smaller developers listed, uh, Digital Extremes and Clay. I don't really know these two. I'm not really familiar with them, but I assume that they were smaller developers. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes sense because they were up against Ubisoft, Bethesda, Rockstar, Square Enix, Capcom. Paradox and Bandai Namco, and P- CD Projekt Red has always been pro consumer, pro player. They've always been like free DLC. You know, um, they just want everyone to be happy. They want all their their players to be happy when it comes to playing their games, and I think that's really cool. So, yeah, I mean, uncontested to be honest. Like CD Projekt Red, you guys are killing it. So good job. And going off of the next award, which is Best Environment Award, The Witcher Three won that and to link up with that previous award the witcher 3 is one of by far one of the most popular games on steam so there's no surprise that 
a lot of people are still playing it and there's no surprise that the developer won because of everything. And on top of that, as you know, there's going to be some Witcher 3 link-ups with Gerard and Monster Hunter World coming soon. So, um, yeah, good job to everyone at CD Projekt Red. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, after the award Best Environment that Elisa just mentioned, we're going to talk about the Better With Friends Award, basically multiplayer games. And the number one title is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, which is a pretty damn fun game. And I played a couple rounds of that, but just didn't get me hooked personally. But I could see why a lot of people play it since there's a lot of strategy involved. It's easy to get into. Um, the concept is just is really cool. Um, yeah, I mean... The only thing that surprised me about this was one of the other nominees, which was CSGO Danger Zone, which is um, Counter-Strike Go's entry into the Battle Royale franchise. So I'm just <laughs> like, why is that nominated? Who knows? But anyways. <laughs> yeah, so that won the Better With Friends Award, Rainbow Six Siege. Second to last award, Best Alternate History Award, goes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I think just means like something based off of a timepiece but may not necessarily be an accurate timepiece. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is about the Greek and Roman Empire. I don't know which one it is, because I know Greek and Roman are different, but good job. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that the Wolf Wolfenstein 2 was listed on here, and I really wish that would have won, since I really like the alternate history take on in Wolfenstein 2 but you know beggars can't be choosers the the people voted and they picked Assassin's Creed Odyssey so mm -hmm. there you go um and the last award on the list is most fun with a machine basically a game that you have that has robots or cars anything anything machine based is uh what this award is given to so uh the winner was rocket league and i'm actually not surprised by that at all since rocket league is still huge still very popular yeah to this day so, exactly exactly so yeah no surprise there yep and that's it for the steam awards there will be the, the 2019 one a year from now so <laughs> Yeah, so look for that. It's just going to drop, and yeah. no one's going to be surprised. People are just going to say, oh, that's the Steam Awards. Cool. I read them. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Which I think is really cool. I mean, it's just like straight to the point. It's like, because Steam's such a huge entity that they're just like, these are the award winners. Yes. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Wait for the next sale. The end. <laughs> the end. You know. <laughs> Which, by the way, yeah. quick announcement. If you log on to Steam, there is a Year of the Pig New Year award. No, not award, um, sale that's happening. And I believe it's discounts off of Chinese developer games um, or something of that degree. Does, uh, Chinese based games count? I mean, like no idea. Game set, I, I, game set in China. <laughs> I have no idea. That is a very valid point. I have not looked it up yet. Okay. Cause I, I wanted to know if, um, one of my favorite games of all time, Rising, not Rising Storm. That's that is one of my favorite games of all time. But um, Sleeping Dogs. I love Sleeping Dogs. I was just wondering mm. if that game was discounted, but I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm I'm looking it up really quick. I'm not sure. Because... By the way, log on to Steam at least once before February 12th, and 
there is a red envelope for you to open. And when you open the red envelope, there will be tokens and you can like it's randomized what tokens you get. So you can get really lucky and get a high amount of tokens or you can get like a low amount of tokens. And then you just redeem it for stuff that's on the site. And they have. Yeah, yeah, and they have like just fun New Year's related Lunar New Year's related uh, pig themed fun prizes you can get and redeem. Yep, yep. Yeah, so log into Steam. <laughs> you heard it here first. By the way, I, I, maybe last. as an FYI, I do not see Sleeping Dogs, but I'm really breezing by this. I, I, I looked it up. I just manually typed in Sleeping Dogs, and it's 85% off. Hey! So you, can get it, you, can, you can get it for four bucks, which I thought, that's the first game I thought of when you said uh, the Lunar Sale. I was like, is Sleeping Dogs on there? Because that's a game based in China, and it's great. It's a great old game. Hey. So yeah, so I I recommend Sleeping Dogs to people. It's a fun open world. Think GTA set in Hong Kong. That's literally and that sounds how like that a lot game of fun. Sold. It is. It's it's so cool. So you play this um, Chinese American guy from San Francisco who goes to Hong Kong, and uh, you kick ass, take names. What more can you ask for? That's it. Literally, let's just go play it. Yeah. <laughs> it's five bucks. It's like four forty nine. It's four fifty. It's not even five dollars. So, yep. what are you waiting for? Um. Okay. So the next thing that we want to talk about on our new segment is about Sony's patent. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have been happening in terms of the console game and what the next generation console is going to look like for both Microsoft and for PlayStation. So as you know, Xbox leaked something at the end of last year saying that they may be leaning towards a streaming gaming console. And we've been waiting for a bit of a response from Sony because that was a pretty major leak, especially if Sony was going to not go in that direction and based off of sony didn't announce anything by the way they just registered a patent that they were working on publishing in october of 2018 and it's officially registered by sony japan and it's a patent for backwards compatibility and i'm reading a direct quote from the patent which says the aim is to make the applications designed for the previous console's legacy device run perfectly on the most powerful hardware and is focused on eliminating the synchronization errors between the new consoles and the behavior of the previous ones, PS4, PS3, PS2, and PSX. For example, if the CPO of the new console is faster than the previous one, data could be overwritten prematurely even if they were still being used by another component. A lot of people are interpreting that to mean there may be backwards compatibility on the upcoming PS5 when that comes out. And it would be interesting just based off the fact that Microsoft and Xbox, they leaked, they are not going in that direction, and Sony's going in the complete opposite. And now we have the big three, Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox going in three different directions completely for Gen 5. Or not Gen 5, but PS5 is what I mean. But the next generation. And I think that's interesting that you basically have streaming versus handheld versus box. And there's not much else to say yet until more news uncovers. 
I also have to say, don't keep your hopes up for backwards compatibility because Sony can crush your heart and rip it into pieces as easily as they've done in the past. So don't believe don't believe the hype yet either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That honestly, I hate to say it, but backwards compatibility is such an old thing. Like it's it's I'm not saying I'm not trying to say that in a bad way, but I'm just trying to say like Sony, Nintendo, they they did this back in the day, you know, they did this when they were first starting out and they kind of moved on from it and they realized, oh, we can make more money from you guys by charging you for the digital for copy. A digital, yeah, a digital copy of a game you played when you were younger. So if you want to play uh, San Andreas, get the photo San Andreas on your PS4, you can under the PS2 selects option. And of course, you're going to buy it because you're nostalgic about that game. So you know you can still got you can still buy it but putting a ps2 disc inside of a ps4 won't play the game sadly so again like to reiterate what elisa was saying don't get your hopes up i mean it's a really cool notion but you know companies like this patent things all the time and test it out and if it doesn't work it doesn't work and you know it's just, it's all speculation it's all tease so we'll see what happens when it actually does come out if it does come out so yeah definitely Whatever happens in the upcoming year, because we know that there's going to be more announcements and more things that drop in terms of the console, is we're looking for what's the differentiating factor between Xbox and PlayStation. And that's just something to keep a lookout on, because we know for a fact what Xbox, or we know for a speculated fact based off leaks, what the Xbox direction will be. So now we're just waiting for PlayStation to really set it in what's going on with them and yeah probably get more news in the late latter half of the year yeah that's true very true yep so the next two bits of news we have are ea related so the first one is a follow-up from last episode and the last gaming episode, we talked about EA and Star Wars and how EA announced that it's first person Star Wars game. And it's like basically a lot of their Star Wars games are getting canceled. And we talked on the last episode how why doesn't Disney care that much that EA is not doing anything with their Star Wars franchise? And we actually have a statement from the Disney CEO, Bob Iger. And yeah. he quote says since we're allocating capital in other directions we've just decided that the best place for us to be in that space is licensing and not publishing we've had good relationships with some of those we're licensing to notably ea and the relationship on the star wars properties and we're probably going to stay on that side of the business and put our capital elsewhere so disney's statement in a nutshell about EA and what's going on with the Star Wars games is basically Disney makes so much money everywhere else. It's pretty much making up for the price of how much money is being lost on the video game side. And they don't care about the video game side at all because Disney's rich and they're just going to let EA still keep the license because they don't give a shit in, in a nutshell yeah. is really what they were saying. And from a fan perspective, you can think of it like this. Disney is like, hey, we licensed these games to, to EA. 
and the fans are like, well, change the licensor. Like we, we hate EA. Like why, why did you give it to them? And Disney's like, but they're making games and they're making money and they're making, they're, they're making Star Wars fun. And the fans are like, no, we don't, we don't like that. And, and Disney's like, we don't care. Yeah. We, we like, like, even if we could change it, we still signed the lease for like, not lease. Well, we still signed the license for like 10 years. So deal with it. And see you later. (laughs) Also, here's a coupon to our park. Yeah. No, really. That like, you know, that's basically what Bob Iger would tell a Star Wars fan right now. Like, yeah. And it's like, here's a voucher for Disneyland. Yeah. And it's kind of like a fuck you. It's like, you know, yeah, this is something you love near and dear to your heart. So go to the theme park instead. Yeah. <laughs> go like, to the, go, what the fuck? <laughs> go to the new expansion that's being built because we know yeah. that you're going to go to it anyways. Yeah. And you're going to spend all your money there. So what's the point of buying a video game when you can spend all your money at Galaxy's Edge and, and Disneyland coming this fall? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. So to close this, pretty much Disney is not going to do anything unless Star Wars holistically is doing bad. So if if yeah. also the Star Wars movies were doing terrible, they will do something about it. But aside from that, they don't care right now. Yeah. See, even though The Last Jedi was critically in the middle between a lot of people, it, that movie still made like a billion dollars. So yeah. <laughs> you can't really, you can't complain. Even if you hate that movie, yeah. you can't complain that Star Wars is not doing well. Like they are doing very well. So even though the video games might not be what you want them to be right now, unfortunately, we're going to have to be stuck with this for the next, I don't know how many years. It, they signed it in 2015. So until 2025, we're going to get Star Wars games from EA. And a lot of them will get canceled. I'm going to call it now. There's going to be a lot more Star Wars games being announced, being in development, and suddenly shuddering for no reason. And we're all going to be disappointed. 1313 got canceled. The open world game got canceled. Star Wars Assault whatever that was called, that first person Call of Duty-like game was also canceled. So there's all these promising things that were going to come out and just never did because EA was being EA. Maybe there was a change in creative con- like control. There's a change in budget. Maybe someone just wasn't happy. Maybe the team left. I don't know. There could have been a lot of factors, but we'll never know the full story, and that's just how it is. And as everyone knows, especially with the, the whole Telltale fiasco that happened, you know, the video game industry is such a fic, like a finicky, fickle machine that, you know, you could take out a cog, but the machine will still keep going. And that's just how the video game industry works. It's, yes, it's run by the consumers. It's run by us. We vote with our wallets. But at the same time, you know, it's video games will always sell no matter what. Disney don't give a fuck about your feelings. True. It's true. And there you have it. Yep. So vote with your wallet. Yep. As always. (laughs) As we keep saying. And speaking of voting with your wallet, on another EA game, an EA published game, I believe, and it was made by Respawn Entertainment, three to four days ago, a game, Apex Legends, which is a new battle royale, came out, and what was really popular about this is it's set in the Titanfall universe, I believe. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's set in that universe. And I think what happened was there was no real drop date. It just dropped. And yeah, it would. Yeah. And as of right now, there were 10 million players in 72 hours and counting. And 
yeah, the hype is really real on this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's crazy that this is just a game that just suddenly came out of nowhere. It's like it, they Beyonce everyone... the the battle royale gamers. Yeah. Um, you were right about um it, it taking place in the title in the Titanfall universe because Respawn Entertainment is right now it's only known for the uh Titanfall games. They're making a Star Wars one, which hopefully, fingers crossed, does not get canceled. <laughs> So we'll see. <laughs> I read that. But, uh, I read that in this battle royale, there's some environments where you can see um, remnants and uh, like fossils that come from, and you know, just abandoned things that come from the Titanfall universe. Like I, oh, okay. but I, I don't like. For example, Titanfall character. Like I don't play Titanfall, by the way. But their characters and their people or whatever is on there you don't like play with them or anything they're just like it's just there like you can walk past it oh i see it's just something in the background yeah 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 i mean looking at the environments they do look really similar to the titanfall universe um like it, it does look like you're playing a titanfall game just with no titans like the weapons are really similar um yeah, just think of this as Titanfall without the the Titans, <laughs> and of course, again, battle royale, which I'm not surprised about. Yep. Uh, but it's it looks really cool. There's a lot of indoor environments, a lot of close quarters combat, which I find surprising. Um, fast paced, so you know, of course, a lot, a lot of battle royale games are pretty fast paced, but I've seen they're more medium paced. But this one looks like it's, you know, in and out, you're done. Like you can play a match for like. I don't know how many. I don't know how long the matches last, but yeah, it looks like you can just play a couple, be satisfied, and then leave. So I think the thing about Apex Legends is you have to play as a team. Yes. For example, in a lot of battle royales, you can just randomize and be a part of a random team, and you don't necessarily have to care about your team. You can just do whatever you want. This time around, you have to care about the trio, uh, the squad that you're placed in. Yeah, and I like that. I like that it's changing the way that you're supposed to do Battle Royale. I I, I actually prefer that Battle Royale games are played in teams since there's a lot of really good coordination. I've played my fair share of uh, PUBG Battle Royale. Uh, well, not Battle Royale, PUBG, but it's uh, just PUBG Mobile last year, and I, I talked kind of extensively about my experience um, in previous podcasts, but playing the game alone did feel kind of sad and there was always this like worry of someone seeing it behind you and no one to help cover you so it was nicer to have at least three other people you know uh with you at at a time and so that everyone can watch each other's backs and someone can you know you can kind of divide and conquer tasks like oh someone needs to go find a car someone needs to go get ammo someone Mm -hmm. needs to you know do all these things and so yeah I, i like that this game definitely has a different take and that's kind of what they're emphasizing like play in a team of three or however many play in a team and, team um, of three you can actually choose from eight classes and be someone and you can self-revive yourself whatever that means yeah uh, so, a lot of differences that they're trying to set themselves apart with yeah and i i think that's interesting because it, it it's kind of like um Overwatch meets Battle Royale. So, I mean, 
or like TF2 kind of. I, it, it's kind of hard to explain because it is a team-based game and they're just saying it's Battle Royale because they can and yeah. you know people <laughs> will play it if they because when I think about it, if you think about it at its core, it's basically a first-person shooter like Call of Duty, but there's different teams and there's only teams of 3. That's pretty much it. Like that's it. That's that's the whole. That's 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 it. That's the and you could just name it Battle Royale and people will 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 play it because yep. it has that 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 moniker to it. But yeah, the hype is definitely real. Of course, trying to tag along the Battle Royale trend and yeah, if this is a little bit different. So if you've actually played Apex Legends, let us know on the Discord what you think of it. Because obviously we caught we all know about Fortnite and PUBG already, but this having come out only three to four days ago it's really fresh yeah uh, and i for one like respawn entertainment as a company i think that their uh the games they produced titanfall one and two are really solid games despite titanfall one being multiplayer only i liked titanfall 2 story and i liked the gameplay of titanfall 2 a lot so um it's really cool that they came out with this kind of game and using the same kind of engine and and fresh new characters but similar weapons so um yeah well, i mean the it seems like the battle royale genre is kind of evolving a little bit and yeah. uh, we'll see where it goes from here and someone someone asked before what do you, where do you think the new trend is going to be what do you think the new trend is going to be in gaming and honestly like we both had our own answers but it could also still be battle royale just different ways to do it yeah different variations um, different branching off yeah um, have you heard of Anthem? Have you seen Anthem before? Oh, I've definitely read all about of Anthem, how it's coming out, I think in two weeks from now, how it's going to be a big release. And people have been waiting for it for a while. Yeah, uh, but a lot of people are hating on the game, too. Oh, did are people play playing it now? I think there's like a uh, Like the press or played it? Or oh, the beta. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's also an EA game, correct? Uh, No, I think that's Bungie. Oh, okay. For sure. Let me see. Um, Yeah, I think my brother got in on the beta or something. Oh, um, uh, EA is the publisher. BioWare oh, is the developer. BioWare. Oh, okay. Not Bungie. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember when they showed the trailer for this at EA. Yeah, not EA, sorry, E3. Oh, my God. <laughs> at E3, <laughs> I think two years ago, a year ago, I was like, I was not impressed. I was like, this is this is not, this does not look good. But I, I could be wrong, you know? If anyone hopped on the beta or whatever, let me know. Because I still am not impressed after looking at this. I have no thoughts currently. Um yeah. I just know that upon release, it's only going to be on Xbox. Oh, no, no, no. It's also coming out on PlayStation and PC. Okay, never mind. Yeah. No thoughts right now about cool. Anthem. Okay. okay. I don't know enough about it. What games have you been playing this week? Well, uh, I actually finished Shenmue. Hey, yeah, By the, um, Shenmue wild... one, correct? 
Yes, I finished Shenmue 1 and I started a little bit of Shenmue 2, but then I wanted to take a break from the whole Shenmue storyline because Shenmue. Isn't Goro? Goro is the guy with the slicked back hair and the black denim or black leather jacket at the harbor. Isn't he the best voice in the world? Yeah. Hey, man, shh. Don't talk about that in public, man. (laughs) What I love about their conversations, like, Ryo, don't talk about it in public. Goro, yeah, about about them, about the gangs. Like, no, shh, like, don't talk about, like, you can't <laughs> say anything. And then, I swear, there was one conversation where Rio answered five times. So, what about them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, Rio. <laughs> Even I'm getting tired of this reaction now. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I did that to him a couple times. He's like, he's like, Goro, about the Mad Angels. <laughs> shh. <laughs> Yo, stop. Don't say that out loud. I'm like, I want to hear more of Goro's voice. <laughs> he's like, when you talk to him initially, he's like, hey, what's up, bro? And then in Japanese, is, it's funnier too. He's like, Eah! he makes like this weird noise. I'm like, oh, I love you, Goro. <laughs> he went from harbor punk to your best friend. Basically. <laughs> you're you're his reluctant best friend, though. You're like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I just posted on the um, Discord. There's um, speaking of Shenmue. There's two new screenshots that come from Shenmue three. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, it looks a lot better than what was initially shown. I was about to say it does. Because, yeah, because everyone was like, "Why does this look like a PS3 game?" Now it looks holy shit. It looks a lot better. Yeah, the like, environment I, looks way better. Yeah, like I really want to play this because. Oh wow. Yeah, I I like Shenmue One a lot. Like despite all like us making fun of the game, like it does have a really interesting story. Oh, it's seriously it's... the greatest game of all time, by the way. Yeah, like you think we're joking. We're actually being it's serious. It's so freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like playing in Japanese, you're like, okay, this is this is normal. And playing it in English, you're like, this is the greatest video game of mankind. Of has all ever time. Now I have yeah. so I didn't know anything about Shenmue by the way before I played this game aside from the conversations we had which didn't really go into the plot but I did not ex- okay I did not expect the game to end abruptly and for Shenmue 2 to be about Hong Kong and just it ends there I, right as you're about to go on the boat I thought I legit thought that I was gonna go to Hong Kong and you know this was gonna end and then all of a sudden it's like the end I like that though I like that it's only in Japan because it kind of shows you what Japan was like in the in the 90s and I, or not the 90s the 80s and I, I think that if they showed China it kind of would have taken away from uh, that that whole that whole section because like you know you get distracted playing in japan you have to find all these different people you have to play all these different little mini games and um if they said it in another setting i don't think it would have been as accessible in japan since the game was definitely made for a japanese audience so if they had made it set in china i don't think that um uh people would have latched onto it as they do now and at least by doing this it incur it encourages developers so we have to make a second one now because we abruptly ended it like this. Um, it, it ended kind of the same way Back to the Future Part 2 did. It's like, what? There's, there's got to be a Part 2. <laughs> oh, Part 3, I mean. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of Part 1, you're like, there's definitely going to be a Part 2. Yeah. And Yu Suzuki, the creator of the series, has come out and said Part 3 won't be the end. So everyone's there's speculating. More? Like, 
Yeah, yeah, he's gonna make more. He's like, he's he's not gonna end Shenmue Three as the final game in the series because he wants to make more. And I'm like, okay, I mean, what are you gonna do? I have no idea what he's gonna do. So yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, but I am looking forward to the release of three. Me too. Um, I am most likely going to play the second one in the summer just to give myself a break. Yeah, I I think so too. Yeah. And overall, I just want to see like how the story is going to play out, and I do want to be prepared for the third one when it comes out at the end of this year. So I think I'll kind of join you, Elisa, and play it in the summer since I'm kind of preoccupied with playing other games at the moment. Yeah. Um, to to build off of that. Um, and to answer your question, Holy, I've been playing Okami, but not fully. I haven't fully dedicated myself to the story yet since I just came fresh off of Shenmue and it was kind of like poking my head into the Shenmue too. But um, I've actually been distracted. And for those of you that have been listening to the podcast earlier and have also followed us on the Discord, I got a device for my Nintendo GameCube. That's correct. Nintendo GameCube. That allows me to play the GameCube on a modern TV, meaning that I plugged in or have the ability to plug in an HDMI cable to the back of my GameCube. I didn't have a soft, I don't have a hard mod, meaning that I didn't like open up the GameCube and then install an HDMI adapter. I actually bought a device that sticks out the back of the GameCube and you can plug in an HDMI cable that way. I think it's a lot safer. You keep your GameCube intact. There's no like, crazy things that you have to do to it so yeah yeah i've been i've been kind of on a uh i would say unhealthy binge of searching for and buying gamecube games um i've always there's a lot of games i grew up with that i didn't get to finish either because i rented them from hollywood video and had like a one day time limit for example pikmin which i just bought the other day um to like um some star wars games on the gamecube which i've always wanted to play but never had a chance to because uh I saw it on the shelf. It was $50 at the time. I bought it for 17 recently, so I think it was a good deal. Uh, yeah, so I've been buying a lot of new GameCube games, and I I want to say that uh, I'm kind of uh, catching up in a way. Um, some games like Crazy Taxi, I don't really need to tell anyone that there's a story involved since everyone knows kind of in a sense that crazy taxi is more of a an arcade game where you drive a taxi you pick up people you drop them off and that's it um but there's also other games like i'm playing now i'm playing some of the james bond games um 007 agent under fire 007 nightfire um my brother and i are playing the co-op story mode of time splitters future perfect which is the third time splitters game and probably my most beloved prized possession of my GameCube collection since um I haven't heard about for those time that splitters it, in a while. Oh yeah. No, um some recent news, THQ Nordic bought the rights to Time Splitters, so we'll see what Whoa. happens there. Uh yeah, originally developed by a studio called Free Radical. They were bought out by Crytek, and then um some fans came together and some older some old devs came together and they kind of blessed uh, this development team to create a game called Time Splitters Rewind, which is a multiplayer-only game that's created by some fans. Um, so it's not an official game. It's it's due to come out soon-ish. It's a free game, but again, it's not anywhere like it's not licensed by anyone or anything. It was more like when Crytek when Crytek owned the license, they gave the fans their blessing. So it's not really a, I wouldn't say legal thing, but I believe they're making everything from scratch. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, everything is from made from scratch except for the title. 
So I don't know how this is going to go, but um, yeah, no, Time Slaters 3 is probably my favorite entry in the whole series since it's the most parody parodied version of the Time Splitters series. Like the Time Splitter games themselves as a trilogy, they make fun of um, different action movies and just stuff like that. But the third one de- definitely is the icing on the cake because uh, it makes fun of like um, Vin Diesel's character from uh, the-, the Chronicles of Riddick series. It makes fun of secret agents, spy movie stuff. Um, so you'll see references to James Bond. The character really um, looks like Vin Diesel too. And he I sounds remember, like him a I remember bit too. when I was playing this for a while. Yeah, uh, it's my favorite game on the GameCube, I think, right now. Um, yeah, so my brother and I are playing that story. We're also playing a Medal of Honor game on the GameCube, Rising Sun, so that one's fun. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to be talking more about it once I kind of have a more concise schedule. But right now, after this podcast, I think my brother and I are going to go back and play Medal of Honor and Time Splitters since. Those two games are near and dear to our hearts. We played a lot of those games when we were younger growing up. And so it's kind of nice to have the collection together again. Wow. A fourth time splitter, potentially. Yeah, we'll see. It could be a, a reboot. Or a reboot, a yeah, sequel. or a reboot. I personally want a sequel since the third game is just so beloved and ends on a good note, but... I could see why it would be hard to have a fourth one since the third game ends really well. Um, if they do have a fourth game, I mean, maybe it'll take place on a different planet. Maybe um, it'll be a reboot. Who knows? We'll see. Um, I want to say that I did buy something recently that I think is a, probably a dumb purchase, but I think it's it's really cool. It's a um, it's a GameCube controller that has a keyboard on the middle part of it. It's a GameCube uh, controller that has a keyboard. In, so it's a tiny keyboard? Yeah. So I, I want you to go to Google right now. If you're listening, and Alisa, you as well, go to Google and type in Sammy Keyboard GameCube Controller. Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. I spent like around 100 bucks on this wow, thing. Wow. I didn't know this was because a thing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because I want to show it off to my friends and be like, yo. This is very practical, bring- by the way. I'm going to... Oh, no, this totally. This is, a, like, you have this on your lap or whatever. Is it lightweight? <laughs> um, Hold on, let me pick it up. It's got some heft to it, but it's definitely not going to tire you out. As long as you don't hold it out too often, you know, like if you rest, rest it on your legs and play with it, I think it's totally fine. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, I, I bought, uh, a brand new one in brand new condition, at least, um, unopened. So this one's worth quite a bit of money. I did open it and look at it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really don't care about selling it in the future. I'm probably going to keep this forever because I think it's the coolest controller ever. You got to keep it Um, forever. Eventually when a lot of things become obsolete, you have this artifact, this legendary artifact. This thing is so cool, though. Like, I want to bring it out to like my friends' houses when they invite me over to Smash. No, seriously, or, you know, when you I, should, yeah. you should just be like, "Hey, <laughs> we're gonna play Smash now." Okay, unzip backpack, take out yeah. keyboard controller. Y'all want to meet Sammy? Here's Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is real. Let's play." I didn't make this, by the way. This is this is a real controller. <laughs> 
But yeah, so I mean, I, I looked up some YouTube videos of guys playing like professionally at tournaments, and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they like break this out during professional Smash tournaments, and I'm like, "Yo, this is so cool!" So that that was kind of inspiring me to do it, and also. I guess at this point, I would call myself a GameCube collector. I've been collecting so many things and like games, especially for the GameCube, that adding this peripheral kind of is an icing on the cake for me when it comes to collecting GameCube stuff. So, yeah, I think that uh, I'm looking. I'm always looking out for new, not new, well, like copies of GameCube games. And uh, yeah, right now I'm just on a GameCube binge. So, uh, with uh, some more podcasts going forward, I think I'm going to talk about. Whatever game I'm playing now on on a different system, but also I'll always have a GameCube game to talk about since I have, uh, looking at my shelf right now, there's like over 30 different GameCube games. So I'll be playing some, so everything from Super Mario Sunshine to Sonic Adventure to Crazy Taxi to Star Wars Rebel Strike. Um, Yeah, I'll be talking about something GameCube related in the near future. Yeah, I think it's safe to say now that GameCube is my console. I've I've always been in love with the system, um, growing up with it. Like I, I, my brother and I treated it very well. And actually, right before this podcast, I was telling Elisa um, that I was cleaning a GameCube controller. I was literally taking it apart and just cleaning it with like al- rubbing alcohol. <laughs> um, so yeah, and you'll be surprised. I've been watching some videos online, and the guys that open up their controllers and clean them, like they say that it feels like new. And I did that just. You know, like an hour ago and holy crap this controller feels so good now like it feels like i just bought it and it just makes a world of difference there was so much like gunk and hair that that got into the joystick somehow oh, like how did this get there but yeah it's relatively easy to take apart a gamecube controller um and clean it out so yeah um again i will be talking more about gamecube stuff in the future uh yeah i uh i'm always on the lookout for gamecube things um Right now, I guess for me, the reason why I'm collecting GameCube games is because um, I know that in a few years' time, these things will be unaffordable. So if you think about it now, there's a lot of NES collectors, like people basically are getting more into collecting video games. And right now, the hot ticket is the Nintendo 64. I did grow up with that system, but I actually would consider it um, my one of my um, second favorite consoles simply because um, the GameCube came out around the same time the N64 did. Well, not around the same time, but a couple of years after. And the GameCube for me kind of outshone, outshined uh, the N64. So yeah, the um, since N64 collecting is so popular right now, it only makes sense that in the near future, it's going to be GameCube and then Wii and then Switch, whenever it comes out after the Switch. So uh yeah, I mean, right now is a really good time to start buying GameCube and Wii games since they're relatively cheap. Um, there's a guy I watched on YouTube to kind of go off on a last tangent. There's a guy I watched on YouTube um, who uh, is from Seattle, and he owns every single Wii game in existence, in North America at least. There's like over 1,500 titles. So he has this whole wall of shelves. Wow. And every, case is, every case is white, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. So... Yeah. Oh man. That's fun. Now stuff. that's what you call a collector. For real though. Um yeah, that that was my rant about what I'm playing. Elisa, how about you? So one game that I tried out is Wargroove, and Wargroove is a game that's available, I think, currently Steam 
And Switch, it's going to come out on PlayStation later this year, but it's not available there yet. And it's a tactical game. And pretty much if you've ever played Fire Emblem, you know what to expect in terms of the gameplay. And it's a tactical game created by Chucklefish. Chucklefish are the is the company who has developed and published Stardew Valley and Starbound and a bunch of other successful games. And um, so pretty much the game is just about a king being killed and you as a princess, you own your own army and then you're just trying to... Um, defend your castle and just trying to take over the land is is just the general premise of it i like it because i like tactical games and i i enjoy playing whether it's 2d or whether it's valkyria chronicles uh what makes this game interesting is something that doesn't come out of single player mode which i'm currently playing the regular campaign but i haven't tried this yet so you can play co-op in this game by creating your own map and your own cutscenes and creating your own story and having your friends play it and like doing two on two versus your map or like your friend's map. Right, right. And you can do this with up to four players. I don't know too much about the multiplayer aside from that, but I just know that a lot of people have been using map editor a lot and just creating their own lands. And um, I just think that's pretty cool because, you know, what, what will make your game different as a tactical game? Because a lot of tactical games do the same thing on the grid. And I want to try that eventually. And if anyone has Wargroove, then I can give you my map. So that's one thing that I want to do. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward game. I'm currently only on Act 1, but that's about it. The reason it's called Wargroove is because when you play as a commander, uh, your ultimate move is called a groove. <laughs> let, me know if, nice. let me know if anyone's playing it on Steam. It just came out on February 1st or 2nd, so it's relatively new. It's a... Uh... It's a uh, turn-based. That's yes. what I was trying to figure out the word. Turn-based. Yep. Okay. 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 So it 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 definitely has the JRPG feel to it. JRPG strategy feel. Cool. Very cool. Yes. And you can take over bases and take over different and take over your enemies' different castles and whatnot. And their strategy to being a long-range weapon or there's a yeah there and you can respawn people depending on how much gold you have there's just there's a there's a lot of things to think about usually when i play tactical games such as this or valkyrie chronicles 4 i need like seven different matches for me to really get into the groove because sometimes it's just really difficult to think about what the next future move is going to be and I just, it's so hard for me to anticipate. Yeah, I feel it. So it, I need a while just to figure out exactly how to play this game and how to use it to my advantage. And speaking of Chucklefish, I have officially started Dew Valley. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I, again, I dabbled with it a little bit but then kind of lost interest because i was playing other things at the time just a bad timing to play it um 
Did you know that it's made by just one guy that lives in Seattle? I forgot that guy's Twitter username, but yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And he still updates the game too, which is amazing. And he's continuously yep. updating for Switch, for Xbox, for PlayStation, and for PC. That's right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I got to look up this guy's Twitter handle. Like, I knew exactly what it was. Concerned Ape. There you go. So, Eric Barone is the guy's name and his Twitter username, Concerned Ape. Yeah. He, uh, I think that's the name of his studio as well, his his own studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading I was reading a Forbes article about him, and he literally just lives by himself. No, he lives with his girlfriend. She still goes to college. He just goes home. He plays the game a little bit to like see if everything's okay, and he just works on updates to the game. He takes feedback from from the community and and does just does yeah, it. Yeah, pretty much. Crazy. I mean, damn, dude. I know. <laughs> it's really it's really cool. I always like when you have simulations games like this where the developers are continuously editing because things happen in life and there's new. I think possibilities and it just like it wouldn't be interesting if it was the same thing over and over. Yeah. So yeah, the dude lives a simple life and the reason behind that is because he makes a game about living a simple life. <laughs> yeah. And my life playing the simple life is honestly in a downward spiral right now. So I started playing this game last week and I played this game for the first <laughs> time last week thinking, "All right, cool." Um so, how do you start a farm? Now, starting from the beginning, you create a farm, and the farm option is going to ask you, do you want a regular farm? Do you want a farm next to a river? Do you want a farm next to a mine? Like, like basically, what kind of advantage do you want to your farm? Me, being a person who likes water, went for the river option, having my farm next to the river, because I thought, oh, hey, that sounds like a cool idea and i you know i'll probably fish a lot because i do that often in a lot of games that i play it turns out that it was the worst possible option because my terrain is so broken up that it's hard for me to just have a regular farm you google farms of people who play stardew valley who chose the regular option and it's like a perfect large ass rectangle whereas because i have river my farm is so broken up that I just can't have a lot of consistency and there's just a lot of different terrain that doesn't allow me to plant stuff. I see. So I, you know, I've been figuring, I figured it out, but I've been, it's been, it's been a struggle figuring it out. And first of all, God, farming, I didn't realize how much energy it was going to take out of my life. So I... So I go to the I go to the store. So there's this guy Pierre, and Pierre is a store owner. And you buy seeds from him. First of all, mm-hmm. there's different seeds per season, which I like. And when there's a new year, there's new seeds added, and I think that's cool. But my goodness, like sometimes these seed, sometimes these seeds, like. They take 14 or 13 days to grow. And this is just me as a first time player. And I'm like, how am I going to make, you know, how am I supposed to make money off of this if the hops is, are taking so long or the blueberries are taking so long? So, so I haven't even figured out like the proper farming strategy because you have plants that will mature and you can, co- and they'll constantly be sprouting new 
vegetables or new fruits and you have others that will make you more money but once you uh-huh. harvest them they no longer exist and you have to replant it and go over again with the planting process that's it's just been such a struggle trying to figure it out for year one now and on top of that just trying to figure out what fish are caught in year in this season and what festivals are in this season what vegetables and stuff can i get from the traveling cart like you know like there's all these nuances per season and it like and winter fucking sucks oh my goodness you can't do shit in winter yeah i don't know it's like you yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know how i survived that i didn't make any money except for fishing and mining and i hate mining i hate mining in minecraft i hate mining in terraria i just hate mining (laughs) A lot, even though I need the ores. And th- this has just been such like, oh my God, what a stressful year, to be honest. Be You know, being a farmer is stressful. It is so like, I never thought that I would have so many struggles and I have so many relationship issues right now, too. <laughs> like I have. Are you dating? Are you dating anyone? Um. I don't, you know, I don't, I wanted, I thought of the prospect of dating someone, but I realized everyone has all these issues that I can't take care of right now because I'm not even a self-sufficient farmer at this point. I, I'm not at a point in my life where I can be married. Like, (laughs) like, first of all, there were a lot of prospects. There were a lot of people I was considering marrying in this town. So first of all, there was Sam and Sam seemed cool. You know, he's a musician, he plays the bass, and I liked his backstory about how, you know, he's in a band, and that was all there is to him! He All he does is play music, and he's just in a band, and that's all he cares about. I don't even think he cares that much about his father, who, by the way, in year two came back from the army. And Sam, like, Sam's youngest brother, who's like a freaking six-year-old, has more substance than Sam does. So I avoided that bullet. (laughs) And then there was Shane, and Shane just seemed like the typical brooding, I hate the world mentality guy, but once you get to know him, everything was going to be better. And you know what, Jeremy, it wasn't, because it turns out that Shane is an alcoholic. <laughs> and I saw your post on the Discord. I was laughing so hard. I was like, wow. <laughs> it turns out he's an alcoholic, and I... there were so many mo- so many moments where I found him... Passed out in his room, we're passed out on a cliffside, and Shane just needs to get his life together. He works at Joja Mart or, or Hoha Mart. I haven't figured out how to pronounce that. For which he bu- works at the mart, huh? <laughs> he works at the mart. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> if you support Joja and you pay for your membership, then I can't fucks with you because you are a gentrifier. How are you gonna do that? And take the easy way out when you can just eventually through fishing and foraging and farming, you can renew everything in the community center and support everyone and support Pierre. But anyone who chooses to be a gentrifier, I I can't. I can't even. I can't fucks with you. (laughs) And uh, Sam is just sorry. Shane is just such a hassle. And then there's Sebastian, who Sebastian is a developer and he is a little bit qu- on the quiet side too, but he at least has his shit together. And he has a motorcycle. 
And and you're and you're like, damn. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, you have a motorcycle. There was a date that I went on where he took me to Yuzu City, like a cliffside looking over Yuzu City. You can you can't go to Yuzu City, but it's just you know like an in-game cutscene, and we're just yeah. watching the skyline. And then he kisses me, and that was you know that was nice because they didn't like <laughs> like. Everyone else has issues. Like, if I married Shane, for example, is he even going to help me on my farm? Like, because what I understand is when you marry someone, they start living in your house. Like, but, and depending on who you marry, they might be able to help you. Well, I feel like if Shane is going to continue being an out, like, if Shane took care of his chickens, then took care of the chickens, then that would be fine. But if Shane was an alcoholic, then what, what you know, what use is that to me? Because I don't want to divorce anyone. I just want to marry yeah. someone who's right. But then also it's just like, do I even want to marry someone right now? Because if you marry someone, you got to give a gift to them every day. And like, I don't want to, ch- you know, I don't want to choose that or choose anyone if that's the case. <laughs> and It's like your husband's like, hey, Alisa was my gift. And you're like, what? Oh, my God, this is dumb. Like, I have to give this to you every day. Every day. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. And yeah, I know <laughs> I'm working on my farm. What about my dreams? I know. And the- See, it's you have to choose between being a hardworking woman, single woman, or being a married woman that has a lot of responsibilities. I, in my head, once I'm able to figure out a system where all my crops can be pl- can be watered with really nice sprinklers, and I don't have to like like I don't have to watch over my wine, my not my wine, my beer, or my cheese, or my honey. Or my syrup, then we'll, then we'll be okay. But I'm just not ready. I'm not ready for that right now. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, year two. I'm you know like I at first I thought I was rich in year two, but it turns out I got to spend my money to upgrade my weapons, and it's like what? When am I ever gonna get return? <laughs> it's like you spend all this money for almost nothing. It seems. Yes, exactly. And this is I feel where it. the struggle is right now, playing Stardew Valley. And on top of that, I had to help the mayor find his purple pants somewhere. Like, literally, I got a mission in my mailbox. I lost my purple pants. Can you find them? And then I. it turns out that the purple pants were in Marnie's room. Marnie is the woman who sells you cattle and sells you chickens. And you're just like, is the mayor? Why is the mayor's purple pants in her room unless he slept over? Oh, and spicy. And you're just like, I signed up to be a farmer on Stardew Valley, but this is more than just farming. This is a whole process of dealing with these goddamn townspeople who don't have their lives together. And I gotta talk to them to not- and keep up their hearts. Yeah. And OMG. I ain't got time for that. And I I got a fish for squid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't don't have time for your alcoholism or any of this shit. Damn. Well, I hope that, you know, you somehow get out of that. I, I, I feel for you, Elisa. I really do. I... I want to join you on your quest one day because, you know, you can play co-op in in Stardew Valley. (laughs) Yeah, like I can like you can go on my farm or I can go on your farm. 
I want to go to your town and I want to go beat up the mayor. No, you can't do that in the game, but <laughs> you can't do that. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> you know, there was a funny, there is a funny uh, cut scene or heart event where Sam was on a skateboard and he was uh, grinding on one of the railings and he ran into the mayor and the mayor, I the choices were either stick up for the mayor or stick up for Sam. <laughs> Uh and i was like well fuck you mayor i'll stick up for sam for now because i thought we were gonna get married but it's all a lie because sam's useless i thought we were gonna get married what the hell i thought we were gonna get married but no i can't i can't fucks with sam just don't get married then just be single but then i think there's benefits of some sort if you marry the right person they take care of your farm or they help you with your farm oh like you wake up and your grass is watered (laughs) yeah basically so or you know they do shit but i don't know i don't know man if i get married it's not even going to be for year five yeah but the trajectory that i'm going at i'm basically going to reach year five in like a month (laughs) okay so yeah, I started last week, and I'm 52 hours into Stardew Valley. Well, damn. <laughs> it was a long weekend. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> it was a, it was a very. I don't think I've ever been addicted to a simulation game for a while. The Sims 3, of course, or Starbound, I was definitely addicted to, but not to the degree that Stardew Valley was. Yeah. At all. I mean, there are moments in my life when when I'm just like just smitten by a game and i'm just addicted and that happened with, to me with uh yakuza zero when it first came out in 2017 and i was telling you about it almost every day and like i lived and breathed that game i would go i would think about it at work i would come home from work and that was that was what i would do until i went to bed like there are certain games in my life where i'm like i can't put this down and i always think about it and i always want to play it and that's how i feel i'm that what might happen to me with stardew valley is like I it's there and it's looking at me, but I don't know if I want to hop into that yet. And hearing you talk about it so extensively makes me want to play it. But then like, I'm like, I don't want to jump into that world yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. Yo, I I got steam downloaded on my work laptop. Oh my God. Well, there you go, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, and Stardew Valley is so low powered and doesn't use as much memory, any memory that uh, it works for the cloud system. And yeah, and that's all I got to say before I implicate myself into something. But <laughs> and your save is is cloud based. So you, you log into your yep. computer at home. You're like, oh, this is where I left off. Yep, pretty much. Okay, well, remember that. You can play it on PC. You can play it on Switch. If you're listening, you can also play it on Xbox and PS4. So there you go. You have options. Yeah. And if you couldn't tell, I I really like Stardew Valley. It it's a it's a phenomenal game. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, no, I I'm all I'm with you 100%. It's a great game. Yeah. God. <laughs> you make me want to boot it up right now. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. cool Anyways, stuff. that's the last game I played. Cool, cool. Speaking of Stardew Valley, if you want to talk to us about Stardew Valley, I created a little Slack channel. Not Slack channel. Why did I say Slack? Discord channel in our Discord. If you want to join us uh, to talk about video games, anything video game related, 
Um, you can go to our blog, www.downtime.live. Click on the left-hand side. Click on the word community. That'll give you a little invite to join our Discord, where you can talk to us directly about joining the Discord. Um, There's also now a chat about Kingdom Hearts 2, I noticed. Yeah, I muted that one because I don't want to see any spoilers or stuff like that. Not because I'm going to play the game soon, but like... I don't know. I just I I wanted to mute it because on my end because I'm like I don't want to get too much you know too much known to me right now even though I might not know, not know what's going on. I'm like I still put it on mute. For sure. Um yeah, so we have um channels specific to different video games and stuff like that. So if you want to join us on the Discord, please do. We encourage everyone to do it. Um if you want to send us a comment, question or concern the old-fashioned way, you can uh, email us at contact at downtime.live you can also go to our website again and then click on the contact form you can send us an email that way leave a comment on any video YouTube YouTube video or um, leave us a review on Steam oh not Steam <laughs> why am I saying that leave us a review on iTunes um, hey! we, we have a Steam group I should reiterate that we do have a Steam group um, so join our Steam group I don't know why I created it I just created a Steam group for downtime so um, do that. Hey. Alisa, you should join. You should join our Steam group. Oh, yeah. I'm not on it. <laughs> uh. I, I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do that. You can do that. Um, yeah. Uh, am I missing anything? Is that everything? Nope. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our second anniversary podcast. Thank you for supporting as always. And we will talk to y'all next week. Yep, everyone have a good weekend, week, wherever, wherever, what time you're listening to this. See you guys next time. Yep, and the next episode you hear, we will be a year older. So stay tuned for that. And have a good weekend. Peace.